0: Shea butter and popcorn. (laughs) Okay, let's start the show. Sit
1: back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now, live. Welcome to Shea Butter and Popcorn. With Taj
0: and Chelsea, Season 2, Episode 10. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, aka Chelsea, singer, actor, and all-around movie lover. Taji, let them know who you are and what we're talking about today. What's up, y'all? It's your
1: girl, Tajiana, aka Taj, also actress, filmmaker, activist, lover of all things Black, If it has Black people in it, I love it. Black narratives, Black stories, Black everything. And listen, today, we are talking about a genre that I don't even watch. (laughs) We're talking about Westerns. I wish I could see Chelsea over here on her horse. But um, yes, we're talking about Westerns today, y'all. And uh, the true Southern belle is going to ride this episode today because I am the lame city girl that (laughs) does not watch western so my movies are going to be more so from the perspective of what i watched the film based off of um watching the trailers i have three movies that i've watched the trailers for Mm -hmm. and so i'm gonna um talk about what you know the internet says the plot is and do i feel like i got that from the trailer and would i watch it
0: and continue it so yeah Mm -hmm. giddy up y'all yes my pretend horse black beauty um it's <laughs> my dream though to have horses. Like I love horses. Oh my gosh! Please do it. Yes, I want to. I want to have horses. Get a white one. Ooh, that so pretty. They're so pretty. Color too. So pretty. Yeah. I do want some horses definitely. Yes, westerns. So the lassos, the cowboy boots, the hats, the horses. Paul Newman, John Wayne. We love to see it. We love to see it. Love westerns. Um. Old Faithful, aka Westerns, have been around for decades. Okay. Uh, my dad loves Westerns. I must say, I was not a huge fan in the beginning until I researched the scope of Westerns. And then I realized I actually like quite a few of them because there are movies that have Western tropes that aren't a Western setting, like The Town, for instance, with Ben Affleck. Like, there's so many movies that don't have a uh, Western atmosphere, but are considered Westerns because of the storyline. Magnificent hmm. um, Seven. Um, came out in 1960 or, originally, but it was remade, of course, with Denzel and others. Um, that's obviously a Western, but um, there's so many that di- that have different arcs for their characters at, that still end up crushing the bad man at the end that give you like Rambo vibes throughout. So let's get into our movies. The first movie is so dramatic. And I remember being in theater, getting physically cold watching it. I'm talking about The Revenant, 2015, directed by Alejandro Iñárritu. So this movie is so dramatic uh, and dark and violent and crazy. This movie, my goodness, what it does best, (laughs) and this is going to sound kind of like an oxymoron, is get worse. That's what this movie does best, because it gets progressively worse as he goes through what he goes yeah it's literally that's what it does best is get worse so this is the trash film this is the we're going from worst to best no no it's really good but like what happens to this man is really awful oh like the yeah the more that this movie like is is going on like on screen it's like oh my god please make it stop it's like watching a train accident but it's very well done it's it's really weird to explain anyway it's 1823 To say that it's cold is an understatement, y'all. The synopsis is about a frontiersman named Hugh Glass who sustains life-threatening injuries from a brutal bear attack. Now, this bear attack in this movie was like 10 minutes too long, absolutely crazy, very violent. I was so uncomfortable watching this in theaters. When a member played by Tom Hardy of his hunting team kills his young son, um, played by Forrest Goodluck, and leaves him for dead, Glass must utilize his survival skills to find a way back to civilization. Grief-stricken and fueled by vengeance. That is what keeps this man from laying down and dying, you know. Um, The legendary fur trapper tracks through the snowy terrain to track down the man who betrayed him. This film stars Leonardo DiCaprio as Hugh Glass. It won Best Picture, and DiCaprio won his very first Oscar for Best Actor at the 2016 Academy Awards. He literally sleeps inside his dead horse when him and his horse fall off a cliff. Um, when he's trying to escape these people, that are trying to shoot him. He's like in water um, in this lake going down like this waterfall. Um, just to get back to his boss, played by Dom Hall Gleason to plead his case about why he has to hunt down Hardy's character, who uh, I won't give away the ending about what happens, but there's a showdown, to say the least. Um, this film was actually, interestingly enough, was filmed only in natural daylight. The director, Alejandro Iñárritu, did not want to um, create any type of fake light. So they could only shoot during natural daylight hours, which means they had to get it. They had to get it and be in it, you know, and be in the moment and be super present and get this done. And the takes and stuff, they didn't get as many takes, you know. Um, And DiCaprio actually spoke only about 55 words in this entire movie script yeah so a lot of the acting is like yeah (laughs) you only have to do that
1: so this is why i don't mess with this genre no i'm joking (laughs) i'm joking
0: i'm joking joking. that's not why i'm just lame anyways (laughs) it was very intense um it's one of those movies you watch once and then like never watch again because it's like team too much it's like oh that was unsettling let's not do that um but yeah that's the revenant 2015 you can check that out. I believe it's online to stream on Amazon Prime or to rent on demand. Second movie, Hostiles, 2017, directed by Scott Cooper. This movie is also violent in its own way, but mostly in the beginning, not a little bit throughout. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like the revenant levels of chaos and chaos and, you know, anarchy. But in 1892, you have legendary army captain Joseph Blacker, played by Christian Bale, who reluctantly agrees to escort a dying Cheyenne war chief and his family back to their tribal land. And he is a complete bigot against native Americans. Um, embarking on a harrowing and perilous journey from Fort Beringer, New Mexico to the grasslands of Montana, they soon encounter a young widow named Rosalie Quaid played by Rosamund Pike, whose family was violently killed on the plains. I think that's the opening scene actually. And she's running, um, and, uh, she's running from them cause they come down, they break down her door and her house, rob her and shoot her husband and her daughters. And I believe that she has her baby that she's running with in their arms and, um, they shoot her shoulder, but it goes through and it kills her infant child. Um, so she's like left with, as a widow and, as you know, mother who lost all her children. It's very sad. Um, So they shoot her baby in her arms. And so the travelers must now band together to survive a punishing landscape that's crawling with hostile Comanches and vicious outliers. So it's so weird because the hostile Comanches, that's why the movie's called Hostiles, that are coming after um, her and then um, Christian Bale's character and whatnot. Um, The dying Cheyenne war chief and his family, they bond with this woman, whereas this woman has to heal with uh the same people that basically did this to her family in the beginning so it was kind of like but it was like a one-two punch because she doesn't really have time to be like you see her go through the grief process but she doesn't really have time to grieve because she has to move I kind of liken it to um when she's on the hunt for justice for in the movie The Missing which is almost also like a western too uh with Tommy Lee Jones and Kate Blanchett um but yeah, it deals with uh, race relations and uh, tells a story about uh, Native Americans. And um, it's, it's a good movie. It's well done. I think, too, that this movie carries weight because it shows... It's so interesting, the acting about how would you act if you had to kind of, like, be an ally... With the same type of people who oppressed you, type of thing. So that's the language in that movie. Um, yeah, on on both sides. So yeah, that's available, I believe, on Amazon Prime to stream and rent on demand. Last movie is Lawless, 2012, directed by John Hillcoat. So this movie is about gangsters in the Prohibition era but it has Western tropes written all over it. Um, it's 1931, and the Bondurant brothers of Franklin County, Virginia, run a multi-purpose backwoods establishment that hides their true business, bootlegging, um, and they sell moonshine. So the middle brother, Forrest, played by Tom Hardy, is the brains of the operation. The older brother, Howard, played by Jason Clarke, is the brawn. And the younger brother, Jack, played by Shia LaBeouf, is the lookout. Though the local police have taken bribes and left the brothers alone, a violent war erupts when a sadistic lawman, played by Guy Pierce from Chicago, arrives and tries to shut down the Bondurant's operation. This movie is so well done. Tom Hardy's excellent. Everyone in here, Shia LaBeouf, who really kills it. Um, Jessica Chastain is in there as like Tom Hardy's love interest. One of the quotes that Tom Hardy's character says is it's not the violence that sets us apart. It's the distance we're willing to go. We're survivors. And he was always telling his brothers that they are uh, immortal and by their standards of their hard life, you know, um, they always kept coming back and bouncing back because they had that mindset that nothing That's could break them. Yeah. It's, it's oh, a really great yeah, it's a great movie. It's available to stream on Netflix So please check that out. I've seen that quite a few times. It's a good movie. Those are my movies for this week. Todd, you let them know what yours are. So I'm going to talk about
1: uh, my experience watching the Django and No No Country for Old Men trailers. And then we'll talk about Harriet real quick. So for context, um, No Country for Old Men, we actually had to um, do a scene from this movie for our acting class um, a while back. And so, um, it was very interesting because I hadn't watched the movie. And if you guys, those of you who have gone to acting school, you know that it's not recommended that if you haven't seen the movie or TV show that you're performing from, don't go and watch it because then in your brain, you're going to be trying to replicate, um, that artist, you know, portrayal of how they're saying the line. So it was, it was good for me because, you know, I did it and then we watched the scene. So it was like, Oh, interesting. But, um, Yeah, this film apparently is very revolutionary. I I just haven't gotten around to watching the whole thing, but um, No Country for Old Men um, Mm -hmm. was released in 2007, and it was directed by the Coen brothers, um, apparently a really, really good uh, power team. Um, This film has won many awards (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, for, one, yes, obviously the acting, but two, um, the writing and um just the overall film so yeah um while out hunting Lulin moss is that how you say the name yes okay Mm -hmm. finds the grisly aftermath of a drug deal though he knows better he cannot resist the cash left behind and takes it with him the hunter becomes the hunted when a merciless killer named chigur picks up his trail after also looking for Moss is Sheriff Bell, an aging lawman who reflects on a changing world and a dark secret of his own as he tries to find and protect Moss. So very dense is what we're getting from this description. Very dense, very, um, (laughs) I was about to say very risque, not risque, but very dense and very like action packed. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, Um, I watched the trailer and the trailer definitely had that like suspense, um, especially um, because the size that we read for was that, that gas station scene and that gas station scene alone is like just such a, I feel like every acting teacher probably uses it, but like, it's, um, just so raw and like, it's just, everything is still. And like, you could hear a pen drop, like, it's just so real and Mm -hmm. like. That trailer, I'm saying, hmm, I, I'm playing a little game with myself saying watch or swatch. <laughs> I would say that I would definitely watch it, one, because I have context behind the film. But the trailer definitely gave me a p- peek into um, this character, um, this killer character who is very intriguing. But also I was felt like I was motivated to watch it from this, you know, this older man who is like, hmm, he says, I think in the trailer, he says, yeah, I think I got one more fight left in me or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, um, I think they are going after, you know what is happening and it's very like it's very intense and very like dense um but everybody loves this movie has 93 percent on rotten tomatoes um and 8.1 on freaking imdb which every wow like (laughs) if you get a seven or above on imdb i feel like you're just doing great because everybody rates everything on imdb trash um like they're like no guys don't watch this even on rotten tomatoes too but yeah and um it also got a four out of four on um, on Roger um, Ebert. the That's also like a critic's website type thing. So I feel like the fact that 89% of the general population liked this movie based off of Google users, I would definitely watch this film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and considering how many awards it's won. And also it's on TV. Like it's over here showing me literally everything. Like there's... Um, a 10 o'clock showing tomorrow on Star Cinema and like Sunday, Tuesday, like it's always showing. So, um, yeah, very raw, very, like, very still. I loved, um, I loved just like a lot of the angles are just very straight on because the acting is so dramatic. That's what I got out of the trailer. Um, but yeah, I would definitely watch it. Um, all right. Every black person finna flame me, but it's all good. No, I have not watched Django. One, because I thought it was, like, weird at first. I was like, what the heck is Jamie Foxx doing? But then, two, I was like, is this going to be a traumatic thing? Is this going to be, like, you know, a Black trauma type situation? Because I was just, like, misled. I didn't want to, like, watch it. But then people just raved about how good it was. Um, and I was like, wait, what? So, two. I feel
0: uh, like two- has the Quentin Tarantino stamp, so people going not come and watch. What would you say? It's because it's Quentin Tarantino, so people are going to be like, oh, my God, and come watch it, even though we don't know what it's about.
1: Oh, my gosh. Literally, um, that man, (laughs) like the fact that it's a, you know, Quentin Tarantino film. Um, I mean, I I feel like the visuals based off of the trailer, the visuals look definitely very good. Um, Mm -hmm. The cast is, you know, I feel like the cast is pretty immaculate. Um, This movie came out in 2012. Uh, two years before the Civil War, Django, who is played by Jamie Foxx, is a slave who finds himself accompanied um, by an unorthodox German bounty hunter named Dr. King Schultz on a mission to capture the vicious brittle brothers. Their mission is successful, Schultz frees Django and together they hunt the south's most wanted criminals. Their travels take them to the um infamous plantation of shady Calvin candy. Um, <laughs> who is played by Leonardo DiCaprio um, where, um, where Django's lo- long lost wife who is played by Carrie Washington is still a slave. So based off of this description, it sounds like it's a whirlwind. It sounds like um, my people are rising oh my God. Um, revolution. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what oh my I'm getting. Is
0: that my fa- it got my favorite actors in there, Leo and then Carrie. I was like, yes. And <laughs> yes. was I 16 when it came out? Yes, I was. Did it come out on Christmas? Yes, it did. Did the lady when she scanned our tickets. I was all like, you're here for Django." <laughs> yes, she was. But it's okay. It's okay. I know it's ridiculous. So black. <laughs> and you had to be 17 or whatever. But it's okay because I have my parents with me. It's all good. We're all good. Like- we also didn't know what it was about. And I brought my sister even the whole family to go to the movies on Christmas. And they're like, what is this about? They just knew it was Leo and Carrie. So I was like, we have to go see it. And they're looking at me
1: like, this is so violent. And Every When it came out, everybody was saying that it was too much. <laughs> and I feel like that's what drew me away because I don't like seeing all that stuff. So I feel like that's just why I've, you know, intentionally or unintentionally avoided it. But it has an 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb. It has an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes and it has an 81% on Metacritic. So I feel like overall, um, you know, people enjoyed this film. Like it has a 93% on Google users. Um, so, like, almost 100% of the people who have watched this movie have given it a thumbs up that mm-hmm. they, you know,
0: I feel like it's it. just as violent as No Country for Old Men was. Um, but mm-hmm. more so because Quentin Tarantino's into like blood and guts. And if you're uncomfortable with that, you wouldn't like it. There's so many yeah. scenes, and like when the dogs are, I'm not trying to uh, traumatize you or nothing, but um, the. Uh, Candy, Calvin Candy has like these boxers. So when he's trying to save his wife, K. Washington, Jamie Foxx, and Christoph Walt's character, they pose as like people who are trying to buy more slaves for boxing matches. And this one guy is hiding up in a tree who's trying to run away because he said, I can't do any more fights. You know, and they fight to the death and it's very violent the fights they do and like gouging his mm. eyes out. And so since he doesn't have any fights in him, Leo lets the handlers, the uh, feel hands, and things like that send the dogs on him and he gets eaten alive and torn to pieces so it's like things like that in the movie which i totally get it's not um it's a heavy movie so yeah it's not something you watch over and over but i feel like everyone should see it once
1: (laughs) yeah i feel like i feel like okay i I was gonna say swatch because i feel like i was swatched in the past but now i feel like you know i'm gonna watch it just because i feel like jamie foxx um, I love, I love Jimmy Fox. Um, I was just like kind of concerned about him playing this character, but you know, he's also in a very heavy, you know, uh, like racially centered film, you know, just mercy with Michael B. Jordan recently. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like be- I, because I'm not attracted to those qualities, that's what's kept me away. But I feel like now watching the full trailer again in present day, um, It was very action-packed. All I saw is that he was whipping a white person, and I'm here for it. So, um, yeah, I might watch it, see how the tables have turned. And um, I just like that he was a slave, and then he wasn't anymore. And it's very interesting. But at first, it was like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Mm -hmm. I'm considering Mm -hmm. this came out in 2012. So now I feel like I'm mature enough to, like, step back and, like, actually watch it because in 2012 – um, you were 16. Mm-hmm. How old was I? That was, I was what, 13, 14, yeah. 14, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I was 13 or 14. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was probably just like, ew, what? <laughs> um, cause I didn't have that, you know, mindset back then. I didn't have the language to like articulate, like, so, Hmm. Yeah. But yes,
0: yeah. I will watch, um it has have time though. You know Quentin Tarantino movies are
1: three and a half hours. Look, I'm looking at the running time, and I'm just like, so the runtime is two hours and forty-five minutes. It's yeah. almost a three-hour film. I don't know what the purpose of this is, but okay. So yeah, we're gonna try to do it. Um <laughs> we we gonna, you know, we're gonna see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um and I'll let y'all know um on Instagram my little my little two cents, my <laughs> my almost oh my gosh my almost a decade later (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's 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 interesting i mean you know i i don't watch every movie with black people in it y'all okay (laughs) i do like the black stuff but sometimes the other stuff be scary but it does have a subgenre of um black exploitation so that's very interesting so um yeah i'm enjoying the plot overall just i'm scared to watch it because of the stuff surrounding it. So we'll see, Um, I'll let y'all know how it goes. But speaking of other um, racially centered things, as well as a Western, (laughs) Harriet, um, which I did see when it first came out. Um, So um, Harriet had a lot of controversy, but I did go and see it with uh, my job uh, because if y'all don't know, I work for a nonprofit um, that helps Black youth in the Bay Area. And we took our kids on a, um, we basically had a family outing where parents and their children could come and watch
0: Harriet so with us. We out the um, question. Yes. What's controversy for Harriet? Let's get into it. So... <laughs> into the movie. I'm sorry, y'all. We're going to have to think. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs>
1: oh, you want to just know? Yeah, no, yeah. Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. <laughs> well, the controversy is just about Cynthia Revo, basically.
0: Okay, what? Uh, I love Cynthia. What happened? i love her i was like <laughs> i wasn't
1: even that familiar with her work beforehand so kind of i kind of don't care but i did a whole review about harriet and i never posted it on instagram so i should probably upload that yeah but um but because she said some things about black people in the past people felt like she shouldn't be playing you know a very prominent ancestor of ours who is a black woman? Although you know, being a British Nigerian woman, there are obviously like she's still a part of that diaspora, and like, of course, of it's, yeah. yeah. What'd she say? Um, she said I think it was back in like 2015. She had mentioned like she was talking in a tweet between her and someone else, mm-hmm. and th- here I'm. I'm gonna just get into it. I'm gonna it. just get into it. We're just gonna record it. Yes, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna be like what? Okay, um. But yes, okay, so Harriet, y'all, um, was released on November 1st of uh, this past year. Um, obviously, this film is a—it's supposed to be basically, you know, a biographical film um, about our great ancestor Harriet Tubman, also known as Minty. Her real name was Araminta Ross, for those of you who don't know. But um, yeah, so we're going to get into it. Um, This is based off a true story, so if you don't know about Harriet Tubman, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but here we go. I'm about to educate you right now. Um, (laughs) From her escape from slavery through the dangerous missions she led to liberate hundreds of slaves through the Underground Railroad, the story of heroic abolitionist Harriet Tubman is told. So um, Kossie Lemons directed this. Um, It it did $43.3 at the box office. Pretty good. Um, 87% of you know the watchers enjoyed this movie on Google users 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb 73% Rotten Tomatoes and 66% Metacritic so a little bit on the lower side um but I believe that the film I'm I'm going to do a compliment sandwich boom so the good I believe that Harriet had immaculate visuals I think the visuals were great Um, I'm always looking at anytime we have a film that's involved with us, I'm always looking at lighting. I'm always seeing if we look ashy or not. No, we look good. So (laughs) the lighting was great. The visuals were great. Um, I think that they were very purposeful in how they had to, you know, show things because you're talking about someone who's hiding from a lot of people. So you have to invoke a lot of feeling, a lot of like, you know, tracking shots, a lot of, you know, close-ups and stuff, you know, to see Fear and like intensity and things of that sort. So I think that they did a great job with the shot composition. Um, So um, getting into a little bit of the controversy, this film, I feel like kept out a lot of, I mean, it's really hard to capture all of the facts about one person in a two hour movie, right? Like you will never be able to do like, harriet justice in that two hours like they didn't even touch on the fact of like afterwards after her doing all this great stuff of like freeing literally hundreds of of people of enslaved beings notice i said enslaved instead of slaves she was also Fighting um in the war, y'all like she was like the FBI basically recruited her to be a spy, and like she was also a nurse, like there are so many other things that um I feel like oh my gosh, if we could go into that, but obviously we'd be in the theater for five hours, so you know you kind of have to you know leave things where where it's at, and you know mm-hmm. the director and the writer are are black, so I support regardless, and you know they choose what to put on screen and things of that sort. A lot of people said that they feel like the movie. Um, the movie was kind of uh, whitewashed or like it was kind of not dumbed down, but for lack of better words, um, it was kind of like surface level for, to appeal to white audiences. Um, And so I think that the problem there is that you're trying to make a movie about an ancestor that everybody can see because the movie is rated PG-13. And if right. they would have included more stuff, I feel like, then you would have been moving into the rated R zone. So that like, there's some things that you have to think about there. Like
0: maybe some viewership or some audiences, but I thought even like that guy, I forget the character's name, the one who was her antagonizer, who ended up basically being her right-hand man. Do you remember that young guy who was like, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He was great. And I thought that there were some very dark moments that he had in there, but showed his progression, his character progression and her relationship with her father and her mother those beats and I cried or when they beat Janelle Monet to death sorry yeah for the yeah so
1: the film yeah the film also stars so Cynthia Erivo plays Harriet um which I'll get into in a minute but um the film um also stars um Janelle Monet. um so Janelle Monet's character is actually made up Um, But, like, who's to say in history, like, there are probably people like that to help her along the way to assimilate into, you know, how to appear as a free woman Mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that. So um, there was was some trickiness because, you know, a lot of the plot had to do with a certain brother turning his back (laughs) on (laughs) On us and so there's a lot of talk about that about like how realistic was that back in the day that somebody would just do that um and you know kind
0: of try to give us away and stuff like that um, i think it's realistic only because of you never know what anyone's going to do when they are fearful for their own lives or the their back is against the wall they could be like a cornered animal and I do feel like I mean we weren't there like you said about Janelle Monet I believe there are people that helped her along the way and because of that those people they made that one character but I do think that there were people like him I don't know if it was to that degree but I do think there were people that um sold them out in that regard because I do feel like in the black community as an American African American I feel that as a black American there are people that feel that way towards and I know maybe that's why they have the energy towards Cynthia Rebo because she's African where they feel like they forgot us they left us they sold us out for beer and everything else and which is why we were slaves being shipped you know what I mean to America because mm-hmm. we got sold out for things like that so I definitely believe that was going on I don't know to that extent because obviously it's a dramatization of the movie
1: yeah, I yeah. mean, and that's also my issue with the movie is that even if you just look at the movie mm-hmm. surface level, it just says that it's a drama slash action. But then if you go into Wiki or something else, it'll say that it's an American biographical film about the um, abolitionist Harriet Tubman. So when you have a biographical film, it's supposed to be more true to life. But if it's a drama or action, it's supposed to be more,
0: I feel like. I wouldn't a say it's I don't believe it's a bi- uh, a biography point blank because it was so long ago and there's so much stuff that was lost because of uh, our people being enslaved to where like, you know, there's birth records, there's things that are not documented. And so I feel like people built on certain things. So I would, I would definitely call it more of a drama action than a biography because we weren't there. There's so many missing holes and things, unless you got like Alex Haley on the, you know, retelling of this story where he really had that whole genealogy list done to do roots, you know, but, which was mm-hmm. his story. Yeah. But I, I I feel like it's kind of a stretch to say it's a biography.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah. I feel like, so getting into that, I feel like mm-hmm. it would be wrong to do a movie about our ancestor Harriet, who was a, a, a woman who lived and breathed and like actually saved hundreds of people by going going to and from, you know, up and down and like taking a bunch of people with her, um, and like not, not calling it a biography because she was an actual person. I do think that because it it is a movie that there's gonna be a lot of things that aren't included. And in every biography, you will never be able to like get that person's life to a T because there will be things missing, but also there are things that they chose to leave I don't know if they intentionally chose, but there's a lot of things in terms of like our history that people um, like know. And like there's books and there's like things that you can research, but that you're just not taught. And so you just don't know it unless you do that research on your Mm -hmm. own. That was not included in the film. So those of us who know about it are like, eh, like, was that really how it was? Like, if you're, if you have like a lot of, you know, Mm -hmm. documents from like, you know, family members and generations removed who I'm pretty sure that they, you know either got in contact with or like also like doing their research that there's things that you can easily find that like weren't included in there or things that were kind of, you know, misconstrued or things like that. But I think they did I feel like they they got the essence of of Harriet in a nutshell like her and, you know, because she was, you know, hit when she was very young, she was in a crossfire "Quote unquote crossfire of i believe um when she was younger um it was a wrench or some sort of like item that she got hit in the head with when a slave master was trying to strike another slave and it, she ended up getting hit or something of that sort and so she um you know black would black out every every once again which makes you know trying to save the whole world and have the whole world on your back even harder when you like randomly pass out <laughs> at random <laughs> moments and like Mm -hmm. also you know but i think it definitely portrayed like her spirituality too of like you know like she definitely felt like god was guiding her and that you know the visions that she had was like not her own and Mm -hmm. so i feel like that was like a positive result of like one not only her injury but two like just her relationship with god of like god why me and like showing in the film like she struggled of course spiritually too because what like the white man saying that you telling him to persecute me, but that's not, that's not how I know you, God. So it's like, I feel like it definitely portrayed that struggle as well. Um, But I, I mean, I love Gregory Allen Howard. I love his, his movies, his writing. Um, And I think that you know in essence i feel like they they captured the essence overall there's lots of things that they could have gone deeper with but it just depends on you know and maybe some audiences wouldn't have been receptive to that but um i think that they did what they did with what they wanted to and so um yeah i find it hard because of the controversy of like having Cynthia Erivo play um Harriet I personally being someone whose dad is literally from Africa and whose mom is literally from America I'm kind of like like literally my whole life I've been split in between but I think having someone who is a who is you know also like myself a Nigerian woman but she is you know she is um British as well and so having someone um who is of that ethnic background play the lead of someone who is a A black person, yes, she's still in the diaspora, but a black person who's in America, I can see why, you know, that could be iffy. But, you know, also at the same time, actors train and go through dialect training and things of that sort. And if you felt like this person was the most, you know, talented or qualified for the acting role in general, Mm -hmm. sometimes those other aspects get lost in translation, but it's not like she ain't black. (laughs) <laughs> in like just that whole nine so it just depends on people's preferences I know there's rumors about um, Viola Davis playing Harriet which I would love to see um if Viola I don't know if she auditioned or if she even was willing to um do it but or if she had any conflicts but um I know a lot of people were wanting Viola um to to play it I don't know if it was actually um it was just basically a rumor that she would be starring as Harriet but mm-hmm. I don't know how far that went but I think that um singing wise, I love that the soundtrack. I love the soundtrack. Um if you haven't listened to the soundtrack, please go on Spotify and um, <laughs> save that. But Cynthia, because in she color has
0: purple. <laughs> Cynthia Revo. Says-
1: Stream the color purple, Cynthia Revo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Stream the color purple too because she was on- in the color purple, yes. <laughs> um <laughs> like Cynthia has been pl- has played a lot of, you know, black black woman um roles and I know people feel you know, it, there's different it's ends. Conflicted. I can sympathize with both ends of the spectrum. I
0: definitely have empathy for both. I get why they would feel conflicted and I get why yeah. I I get it. I totally get it.
1: Yeah. But I think I think she marked it in terms of dramatic Acting um, and the fact that she is also a singer helps because you don 't have to find someone to someone different to invoke that feeling on the soundtrack and also you know act and all that type of stuff. She was immersed in the whole that whole creative process and you know you know reading her interviews about her tapping into this character, especially with having you know that backlash of that comment that she made in two thousand and fifteen about um, being on Twitter and having a conversation I believe with like another um, a white male about um I think she was explaining something about um, black isms. Like it was like a black character. Like she was like in quotes, um, ghetto, ghetto, black American girl accent or something like that, that she was saying, because it was like, girl, get my da da da. -da," And she put that like in quotes. And so people were like, why did you feel the need to say that? Like it was kind of iffy because it was also like, you're saying it to this white person who probably will not perceive that as okay. So Coming, fr- doing that in 2015, and then you know people finding out that she got this role, a lot of black people were like boycott Harriet, like no, like she should
0: not be cast. But obviously, and it doesn't, it doesn't help if I don't know what went down. I didn't see the tweets myself. But I'm saying it doesn't help that if, if the nature of it does not sound good for anybody because she's English. Yeah, she's already playing like American. Yeah, roles, like even like Color Purple on Broadway, so it's like oh don't comment on the you know eubonics and things like that i mean that's a conversation that you and i can have or like yeah. being american you know what yeah I
1: mean? or or you don't even have to give context and put that you could just say what you want to say sis and then just like you yeah. know but not having to put black duh, 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 mm-hmm. like ghetto girl voice like i understand but also at the same time i feel like it was inappropriate do i think she's a good actress yes do i think that was an inappropriate comment yes Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day I feel like I try when things like that happen I take that into account and like you know no that is not okay but the art is now out how is the art itself like I believe that the acting was good
0: too that your black experience is your black experience exactly that and and you know there's no right way to be black I get that but I'm also saying at the same time like being uh there's the black (laughs) experience as in America and there's a black experience in England and I'm yeah. I'm not on that because I'm sh- I'm not English. I'm sure there's a whole different you know. Or being a black yeah.
1: There those things like that are okay. Like there mm-hmm. and then here it's not like there's differences of culture in which we all have to be understanding. That's why I'm not quick to get upset. It's like I understand, but it's like a teaching moment of like you know it's not okay. And she even explained in interviews like the last thing I want to do is to disappoint or discriminate or be offensive and like having to go back and forth with people on social media because there is a lot of African elitism. And I can say that myself because like my my dad is a native of that land. Like I have a whole heritage behind that. And like, I know being around, you know, um, African people, like I know that there is some elitism there of like, you know, I'm better than black Americans because, you know, y'all don't actually want to know y'all history. Like African, if you just research y'all, but African elitism is definitely a thing. But at the same time, I feel like as black people, we have to choose like what to give energy to and in what way. Like, I think, you know, if this is our sister, I think, Hey sis, like, like understand what you're trying to do. I understand, you know, that there are cultural, like cultural, subcultural differences. Um, And so this is, you know, let me break it down for you instead of like, attacking but you know people's feelings are all in and so she's had to deal with that um but she's also explained how you know she had to put in work to like tap into playing harriet tubman like she you know asked for guidance every day from harriet like praying like please so if you read articles about the process too it kind of helps you to sympathize as well but i feel like as far as the art piece goes like the story was cool Mm-hmm.
0: In, the, in the movie too like the way that she would have those spells they would call it she was praying and the way that God would talk to Harriet and I'm talking about not talking about Cynthia but Harriet like the person yeah 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 I would talk to her like you know that she not only God fearing but her relationship her spiritual life had to be so immaculate otherwise she would have died this was life or death situation going back and forth oh yeah no she for oh. sure she for sure could have died
1: all those years <laughs> um, but the fact that she was like no, I'm gonna, you know, persist. I would say, y'all. I I know some people may feel one way or the other, but I say watch the film. Try to block out those other comments. That's what I had to do coming in because there was even families coming in watching it with us who felt a type of way. And we had a discussion. We had a cute, you know a uh, uh, discussion debate afterwards to like you know talk about things and share opinions and thoughts. So I would say watch it to visualize Harriet's um journey and like actual lived out experience, although it is not to a T and that there are a lot of things missing and misconstrued. But it was nice to see it in action and like, you know, attempted in the way that like this is this was an actual black woman, like a G, like a nurse who like made medicine to put babies asleep so that they wouldn't cry when they are running away. Like a woman who literally would, like, pass out so often but have to still, like, you know, take the elderly but also, like, babies across waters and, like, you know, long miles without getting caught in, like, you know, sense of direction and, like, being spiritually aligned because, yeah, like, this woman was a G and, like, I feel like one of my um, favorite abolitionists that I um, look up to but yeah, I would say watch it to get that visual experience. Um, with everything else aside, it was nice to see say like we at least have a movie about Harriet in some form. Um, so I would watch it. Um, I believe, yeah, it's out of theaters now, but I would definitely go stream it online um if you can and watch it
0: if you want. If not, it's cool. Now let's get into our next segment. Personal Everest. Now, when one makes a big summit up a mountain, say Mount Everest, for example, there are a set of skills and tools that one must adhere to to master with a great team around them to get the job done. So the personal Everest for a director making a Western would be imp- implementing the traits of a good Western, whether it be a Western movie or a movie that has Western vibes. So you have the robberies, the holdups, the shootouts, the horses, the outlaws and just violence in general but with a good story that isn't muddy or mindless. What do you think, Taj?
1: Yeah. I mean, as someone who is not as familiar with this genre, just because um, it didn't it didn't appeal to me. Obviously, I don't know what's wrong with me, even the ones with black people in it. I don't know mm-hmm.
0: what, why it's I have something you don't like. Like you're yeah, not. I
1: mean, I feel like it's not even that I don't like it because I'll watch one, like even saying, you know, watch or swatch. Like, I feel like, oh, looking at it like I would watch that. But I guess like initially seeing it, maybe it takes me a few times, but like, oh, I don't know. Um, if I watched that or not. But, like, I watched, you know, Solange's When I Get Home full, you know, visual video. And, right. but, and it's, like, our people on horses with the whole hats, like, mm-hmm. I don't know why, like, what my issue is, but, I mean... Wait, are you talking my... about the Almeida music video? <laughs> yes! Oh, that drink. It was fire! Yeah. It was fire! Like, I loved it, and so I'm... <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna catch up with the narrative, y'all. I'm gonna catch yes. up with the narrative film. i no. Um. I just be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess I'm just obsessed with Solange and Megan Thee Stallion, and like I'll only wear a cowgirl hat because of them. But whatever. No, um. I but yeah. It I good. think
0: yeah, all the movies have that. It, make sure it's not muddy or mindless. Has to have a very good story where. It's all the same messages.
1: Yeah.
0: Still, still have a strong story. Kills the bad guy at the end. Even if the good guy is the outlaw or seems like a villainous character in the beginning, you fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week since we are already in the middle of March already. What? How? How? Goodness. How sway? How sway? But good news, you guys. March is International Women's Month. What? Woo! Yes. <laughs> Yes, so in honor of this month, we will be discussing movies directed by women next week. Coming period. To you. Yes. Coming to you from two female podcasters and co-hosts. Period. It is sure to be fire. <laughs> Feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop. Follow us on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn. or follow us individually. You can follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram
1: and your girl at Tajiana underscore on Twitter or Instagram period yes Women's History Month sorry I'm so excited y'all for this episode
0: all one word all lowercase follow us let us know what you're thinking about this episode and the previous ones. let us know what you want us to talk about in the future we are here for you please Please do
1: it message us DM us we want to know what you think and we want to deliver content um, of episodes that you want to listen to so let us know All right, y'all. See you next week. All right. Bye-bye.